Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hello and welcome to Just the Sip. I am your host, Justin Sylvester. You know, every now and then I like to dig into the archives. I had the pleasure of talking to one of my favorite actors in the world. He also has become one of my friends. It's the one and only Tay Diggs. We talk about dirty DMs digital dating, and something that is so important right now, raising a biracial son in what seems to be a divided country. Take a listen at this Just the Sip. When I showed up to work today, every lady in this place had on thigh-high boots. The makeup was going. There are more people in this room than are normally allowed in here, and I don't know why or how they snuck in here. But dude, you bring a crowd. <laughs> you bring a crowd. Well, that makes me feel good. The one thing so. I'm so impressed about you is most people, when they get their big break, it's a hairline fracture. But you oh, jumped yeah. on the scene and was part of one of the world's biggest musicals. Oh, Rent, you mean? Yeah. How was yeah. that experience? Man, I, if I'm keeping it real, I, I had no idea. Like, I, 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 didn't, um, I didn't even want to be in it. I had uh, uh, moved to New York. I had already been in one musical, and after that musical, I had in my head that I was going to be in the movies and TV. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to focus on music theater anymore. Every time I go into these auditions, they're like, you know, you're from music theater. Do you have any experience? So I literally told my agents, don't submit me for any more musicals. I want to focus on screen. Uh, and then this audition came up. They, was, they said, it's, it's cool directors, new project. Uh, we don't really know what it's about, but uh, it's got a lot of buzz. Will you go in? I said, if it's a musical, no. So I passed on it three times, and then finally my agent called me up and said, please, just do this as a favor for me. Yeah. You don't have to be in it. Just get in front of these people so they know you. But his agents want to look good, too. For sure. So I said, all right, let me go in. And then, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, so I got an ego. Once I went in, You wanted to like, get the part. Okay. Come on. I got the part. And then it was just a really amazing experience. I met my wife at the time, Adina Menzel. Uh, and we knew it was cool. It was about all of this subject matter that uh, that I knew was very pertinent, but I had no idea it would be what it was, and it was amazing. It was amazing, you know what I mean? But at the same time, at that time, I only saw it as a stepping stone. I didn't realize, you know, how important it was kind of to the world 
until after I had already left and done other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, it was So just, you didn't know it was iconic when oh, you were in no. it? Oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, okay, so after this, what am I going to do? Who's going to see me? I was enjoying my experience, but I, I had no no idea of the effects that it had on life. Yeah. You know I mean? And that, that, that didn't happen for years. Yeah. Years. Now, there's not a lot of brothers on Broadway. I mean... You don't see a lot of people like us on the beat. I, I mean, more than when I started, but yeah. Was it an uphill battle when you were when you were starting? Were people not taking you serious in that medium? So there's what I experienced, and then there's what like the other people experienced. The ninety nine percent. For me, I was driven for whatever reason. God blessed me. I had gifts. I nothing was uphill for me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And because I had that attitude, nothing was uphill. But then when I removed myself and saw other folks, then I was like, oh, these people weren't as fortunate as, oh, this, oh something's kind of off here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So while I was on Broadway, I was just doing me. But after I left Broadway, I looked at Broadway, and I was like, oh, I le- oh there aren't a lot of brothers. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I didn't feel it because Until I was so it. focused on my journey. But then, you know, once I, uh, I took uh, the emphasis off myself, I was like, okay, things need to change. But it is getting better. Yeah. It, it is getting better. And you started that in 1996. I don't know dates, man. You started that in 1996. <laughs> I'm going to okay. give you some dates because this one is Please. actually important. In 1998, okay. you did something that was heard around the world. You dethroned Shamar Moore as that dude when Stella got her groove back. Because every black auntie, every black mama, every grandmother wanted to marry Shamar Moore, and then Stella got her groove back, came out, and it was done. Okay. You became that dude <laughs> in 98. What was that experience like? I didn't realize it. How? You were Winston. I don't know. Like I, It just didn't feel like much had changed, you know, because I was so... At that point, I had gotten, you know, my main wish, which was I'm going to be in the movies. Yeah. Right. So I knew it. My attitude was I knew I knew it was going to happen. It was just when. So after Rent, I started to get a little salty because I got into Rent and then I saw how big it was getting. And instead of thinking, oh, this is big. This is this is like affecting the world. I was like, oh, this is big. This is going to be my stepping stone to the next. Yeah. To the next level. Everybody else in the cast started getting things. You know, Daphne got a movie. Um, you know, Adam and Adina got a rec- record contract. And I, was, I wasn't getting anything. So I started to get a little salty. Finally, when I, when I was in Rent, that's how I got Stella Got a Groove Back. Then I was like, oh, okay, phew. Now, I'm, now I'm, I'm ready. You good. Now I'm ready. Now let's, now let's go for Denzel. Yeah. So I wasn't really realizing what I was just moving. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now I regret not being kind of in the moment more because I was so focused on the next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like, when people were saying, oh, you were great, you're okay, but I'm trying to get, so I didn't feel like I deserved it because I wasn't where I thought I needed to be. Is that from being so driven or did you think that you didn't deserve that kind of hype just yet? I didn't feel like I deserved it because I wasn't where I thought I needed to be. All, all of that time from college, all the way up till just like literally a few years ago, I was just moving, looking here instead of like, oh wow, I'm, I'm doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of doing it, but I'm not. I don't, I don't gotta like that dude. I'm, uh, I, I need, need to be to in get... Beverly Park. I need to be in Beverly Park. And you're kind of taught that. 
You know what I mean? For sure. But uh, but that's that's the main thing that I've, that I've realized like in the past ten years. Yeah. No matter what, what I still have goals, but I'm now I'm like folk. Hey, I'm here at the, I'm, I'm here with you, like two brothers doing it. And, we on TV. That's cool. Do you know what I mean? Sure. As opposed to someone's gonna see this and then maybe I can get on Leno or you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I appreciate you right now. No, no, I appreciate you being <laughs> here. I'm telling you, this is like everything. You know what I mean? You did something before something was even cool. You were in an interracial relationship, <laughs> public in Hollywood, yeah. in the '90s. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Because um, I'm sure you got some heat. You know what? This is what helped me. I was um, blissfully ignorant do you know what i mean i was uh like i'm flighty anyway so you know a lot of times i'm just not aware of what's going on around me because i'm so focused on what i'm in so i was in love uh it made sense and i just did what i felt um when i did every once in a while feel a negative presence i would block that out yeah i just wouldn't let it in because i'm sensitive i knew if i let it in it would destroy me so um, that's how that's how I, I I got through it, but um, because I get looks. I mean, listen, I am a black gay man from yeah. South Louisiana. When I go home, you know, with a boyfriend or somebody, mm-hmm. I get more looks because we're interracial, not yeah. because we, you know, mm. looking at each other's thing. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's you would tough. think it's it's tough. It's a tough thing. It's tough because uh, back then I didn't want to deal with it. You yeah, know what I mean, nowadays I try to be more understanding. Because you know everybody has a reason for, for what they believe, and I and I'm I'm now of the school of let's let's all let's all sit down and discuss before we just put up a door. You know, let let's discuss it. Yeah. Let's at least um, you know, create a dialogue. But when it comes to that, it, it's it's still really really rough with me. It's you know still I mean? a touch. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, I have a little uh, a little a little boy, and you know he's mixed. I came out with a book uh, called. Uh, mixed me and some people were like going in on my son talking about you know he needs to you need to recognize that your son is a black man and um you need to be proud of being black and saying some really awful things about my child and that really affected me you know what i mean because if, if i had you know this was something that i was doing that i thought was good something that was not that i thought something that was good something that was positive educating Prom- yes promoting you know uh uh self-awareness and pride and anti-bullying and certain people you know were so either hurt or I don't know what their deal was but they they found a way to take that and make it something negative and then and then focus it on my child yeah I'm still working I'm still working on that like other people's ignorance you know is is still uh I'm I'm struggling with that that would kill me too I have um I have friends that are raising biracial children Mm -hmm. And it's funny because they want, it's like a struggle between teaching your child how to be a strong black man, but mm-hmm. at the same time being honest about who they are. Yes. And, it's and like you this can push do both. Pull. You can do both. It's more how, it's, it's other people that have the issue. Yeah. And that's what, to me, isn't fair. Do you know what I mean? My son is cool. Yeah. He's the coolest cat I know. He knows who he is. He has no issue with it. But if he, you know, if, if somebody came to him, and tried to, you know what I mean, I would... We would step. Oh, they would feel my hands. And I don't like, that's not me. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I struggle with that. But I would beat somebody's ass if they came at him for something like that. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Because for you, it's like, you know what? Come at me all you want. Totally. You know, I, get I it. made my choice. This is who I love. This is the person I fell He's in love with. He's fine. He's fine with who he is. 
he's more evolved and comfortable than I am. Yeah. So for you to come at him, you know, defenseless, you're gonna like you're gonna feel some knuckles. So you know, we gotta we gotta work on it. We gotta pray on it, brother. We gotta pray on it. No, we gotta pray on it, and we gotta pray on. Hmm. You're a single man now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We gonna we gonna have to pray on that because <laughs> now that you have a gay friend, I can't let you run around with no thoughts. I can't let Tay Diggs run around here with no thoughts because I be seeing the thoughts looking at you at the gym. And I be walking up to them being like, no, 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 no. Oh, Lord. I'm like Matumbo. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not today. Don't you touch Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs didn't know for you. What's it like dating in the digital world? I'm not dating, man. Come I'm on. Not, I'm not dating. That's why I need you. I'm not. Come on. You got to be pulling something. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Only because I don't know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how to do it. Like I'm not, um, I'm not uh, technically savvy. Make it easy for me to get in there, and I, I don't have time. So it's just I'm, I'm, I'm praying on it, and uh, and I'm using my friends. Like I'm using my friends. So I want to, I want to find friends of friends. Yeah. I think. You know what I mean? But I, come so, on, what? you're Tay Diggs. The DM is popping off, like popcorn. That's kind of fun. Right? The DMs. Yes. What's the crazy shit you get in your DMs? Because I checked Shamar Moore's DMs and that shit was popping. It may- <laughs> All right, so I'm almost 50. Uh-huh. Okay, but I'm a man. I have a penis. Uh huh. And curves excite me. But these DMs, some of these women will put pictures of themselves, and there's a side of me that's like, honey, put on some clothes. What? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, like there's a side of me that is, and I don't. That's uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't get this age that we're in where if you don't know me, you're gonna send me that. Like what? Where are we supposed to go from there? But you go back and you check it. Of course. <laughs> I made. <mean, laughs> it's just a photo. Just a photo. <laughs> but I, I, I struggle with that. I, I struggle with that. You know what I mean? So I don't know whether or not to kind of give over. Or to just stay stay in my lane and just kind of let things. I feel like I can't let things happen naturally because that's not where we are. No. But I don't. I'm not. I just. I'm a, I'm a little lazy to be like, okay, let's let me get on this side and let me go out on this date and. Hey, what's up? My name is Tay Diggs and I like long walks in the park. Ah. You know all what I mean? All you gotta say is, hey, have you seen Best Man? I'm not that. That's cat. all you gotta say. You're that cat. That's all you have to say. Ah, it's so annoying. <laughs> That's obnoxious. I, I want to go out, but I do feel like cats like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have you, you have this energy where I feel like if I hung with you, you would make everybody feel at ease. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that. That's how. Like I'm used to that. I would facilitate that hookup if you gave me ten percent of that prenup. If you throw me 10% of that prenup when you throw out the bouquet, we are good. I will hook you up with the richest white lady I've ever seen in my life. And I'm going to live in your guest house, and I'm going to drive your G-Wagon. Yeah, bitch, I saw your house. I'm going to live in your guest house, and I'm going to drive your G-Wagon, okay? That's what we're going to do. He's saying that with a straight face. I'm dead serious. That's why I love you. I have no problem putting you in, in charge of that. But, you, okay, I feel like you're having this second wave right now. You're single, mm-hmm. you're good looking. Thank you. You're an alien because you're 50 and you look 27. <laughs> and you have this hot new show on TV. Tell me about this show. Oh, All American. Yeah, so proud of it. CW, 
It's a Friday drama. Night Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of mixed, uh, mixed with uh, Straight Outta Compton. You know, I play a coach at uh, at the school in Beverly Hills, and um, I'm very ambitious and driven. Uh, I'm married to a white woman. I got two beautiful interracial children, and then I see this uh, student athlete uh, from Crenshaw, and I pull some strings to make sure he can play over on my team, uh, and then it becomes somewhat of like a, a tale of two cities, and he's dealing with. You know, being from a different hood and race and sex and, uh, you know, bullying and all this stuff uh, uh, in the background is football. It's really, it's really, it's really, it's quality work. I'm really, really proud yeah. of it. Yeah. I feel like you took the the um, project because there were some parallels to your own life. 100%. And I feel 100%. like a lot of the main character, the kid who you take in, mm -hmm. is a lot like yourself. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you see yourself in this kid. Do you feel like you were helped? A lot through your career that people kind of boosted you up and and you you know helped you throughout your life 100 percent, 100 percent. like all growing up before i like made it i was a bit of an outcast you know what i mean because i, I wasn't uh, i didn't you know i talked white mm -hmm. you know i wasn't an athlete um you know i was kind of skinny i wasn't very like confident within myself and there were certain people in my life that recognized something they were like it's tough for you now baby but you stay the course yeah. Dude, let me put you in contact with this person, baby. Come here. You need to speak to this. And at the time, I was just like, okay. I just like the attention. But they, they were literally setting me up. That's what I love about black people sometimes. Like, They're like, okay, this one's going to do something. Right? You go, go over here, baby. They're going to teach you to this. And then this person will meet you up. And I did everything they said. And then I was like, hey, I, okay. You figured thank it you, out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm very appreciative. And I'm really trying to, to pay that forward to, to, to others. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You grew up in like the whitest place ever. White and I went Rochester. back and Yeah, Rochester, New York guy. Uh, back and <laughs> forth. So I would like back and forth. So uh, you know, uh, there were times when I was like the only black kid. And then there were times where I was only black people. But then all the black people treated me like I was a white kid. Yeah. Because, you know, I, because of the way I spoke. So it was it was an interesting childhood. I This is probably why we get along. I had both. Yeah. I started out as obviously one of the only gay black kids mm. in an all black environment mm -hmm. in the hood. Mm. And then I switched over to the bougie white school mm. where I was the only black kid, but I was gay and poor. Mm. But it was weird because I felt like there was a little bit more inner race racism and a little bit. It was tougher for me yeah. at the all black school than it was at the all white school. So yeah, I, yeah. Was that the same experience yeah, for you? 100%. Because then it's. Like when you're the only black kid with white people, you can easily just put it on them. Yes. And be like, okay, you have an issue, I'm fine. But when you are not liked by your own, then it becomes a little bit of a shame thing. Like, oh, yeah. what's wrong with me? Because we look alike, but you're still not feeling me. I can't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know how, why I speak like this, but why are you, it was a trip. I mean, you know, it ends up making you stronger. Yeah. But I would never, ever wish that upon anybody, you know. It was tough. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's when tough. I was going into seventh grade, I'd went to all black school from first grade to sixth grade. Yeah. 
and it was a different school in seventh grade, and my cousins were two big meatheads, mm-hmm. and they would come home crying every day. I'm like, this is like dangerous minds at this school. I am a daffodil in, like, I people will notice me, and my mother was like, why? And I'm like, come on, you know. <laughs> you know what's up. <laughs> I'm like, don't make me spell this out for you. You already motherfucking know. But it's crazy because I look back at that experience and I think about it and I wouldn't change it for the world. I would redo that experience all over again yeah. and go through that pain. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I was a all district track star okay. because I ran my ass home every day. Yeah. I, bitch, I could have went to the Olympics in sixth grade. Her ass was running. It was get your ass whipped or take off. And guess what? She was Usain motherfucking ball. <laughs> That's true T. I remember this time Flojo. in seventh grade. And this is this is seventh grade was when you had um there were people you went to elementary school with, right? Yeah. Where in elementary school everybody's cool. In seventh and eighth grade, people grow up, they get big, they change. They start smelling like Something happens, mm-hmm. so like your best friend can become your enemy overnight just because Two it's... seconds. So one of my friends all of a sudden was like my enemy. I come into school, and he said, you better run, and I'm, I start... <laughs> it was the longest haul. He said, I'm going to kick your ass if I catch you. I'm going to kick your ass if I catch you. And you know, there's a hall. All the doors were open. Yeah. So I was running, and every time I would run past an open door, I would go, help! <laughs> help! <laughs> and he, he stopped, and he started laughing so hard because he knew how funny that was. Help. He had to stop chasing me. He's like, you were saying help. Help. <laughs> you Go probably, on. probably left your shoes by the uh, water fountain. Dude, I did not understand it. Anyway. I used humor to get my ass yeah. out of getting ass kicking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would make people laugh yeah. in order for me not to get beaten. And that yeah. was, like, my thing. But I also was, I was tiny as all hell. Mm-hmm. But I could I could whip somebody into shape with mm-hmm. a tongue. Mm-hmm. So if I could make somebody feel stupid for yeah, two seconds, yep. then I can kind of walk away. That was my defense yeah, mechanism. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have that at the black schools because I didn't I didn't know that sensibility. Yeah, at the white schools I could use sarcasm and, but at the at the at the black school I didn't know the, I didn't know the lingo. So I just I was a recluse. You know what yeah. I mean? it wasn't until I, I entered school of the arts where the language was talent. But, you know, when I was there, nobody, everybody was cool. And yeah. that, that's where I was allowed to, um, to grow. And that, literally, that school changed my life, like, straight up. That's amazing. Yeah, any confidence I have, any, anything came from that school because all of a sudden I was a seed, and it was only positive. It was the exact opposite of what I had been used to. I mean, I didn't have to prove anything. Um, and they just uh, just allowed me to grow. And I, I, after that school, I had so much confidence uh, you couldn't stop me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Running the four hundred for Jamaica, <laughs> Tay Diggs. Help! <laughs> Help! <laughs> oh, I was so scared. I would have freaked out. I would have freaked out. I will never forget that. No. And nobody came out to help me. Ain't nobody gonna help your ass. City schools. Listen, as an entertainer myself, and I call myself that loosely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gulp, gulp. 
when there's a break or a lull or I'm not working for two months, mm -hmm. I'm flipping the f out. You've been lucky and blessed that you have consistently been working for the last three mm -hmm. decades. Like mm -hmm. you're, you've been hustling, you've been doing it, you've kept your name in the spotlight, private practice. But what's that one break feel like? It, I'm only feeling it as of late because when I was younger, I had a, such a confidence that I knew something was always coming. Yeah. But then once I became aware of it, then it kind of, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden uh, the magic is kind of removed. Yeah. So I wish I could go back to, to my younger days when I just had the confidence that something else would come. Now I'm, I'm very aware, and now I'm like always checking for the next thing. Yeah. I never, I never checked for the next thing when I was younger. Stuff would just come. And if I wasn't working, I would be like, oh, this is a break. I'm cool. Yeah. Something would come, and something would come. But now, you know, it's like I fell into, and I'm trying to get back to, to the old me, but now I'm very aware. And uh, it's annoying, but, but I'm still blessed, and that work is still coming. So it's, I'm just always on the move. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm always on the move. Look, I got a four-legged dog named Cooper, and that mother will break my bank. So I couldn't imagine in your head when you have a child mm -hmm. how that changes your perception yeah. of being a provider. That must be stressful. I know that it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? The stress just comes from not, like I just, you know, I, just, I'm, I, don't have, I feel like I don't have free time. You know yeah. I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm still confident enough to know that I will always be provided for. Like I have that faith, you know, the universe, God, whatever has proven that like I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, but it's just, you know, at this age, it's like it feels like I never have free time because I'm always at this meeting or trying to, I'm either hanging with my kid or, you know, meeting with friends that haven't, you know, seen me in a while or working on that next gig and, you know, producing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just, I just realized I had some ambition and now I want to, like, I want to create stuff. You know what I mean? So in order to do all the things I want to do, it takes time. And, and if, if I'm doing that, there's less time just for me to hang out. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. It seems like listening to you talk about your childhood, mm. you had a very different childhood from your son. <laughs> Because again, different. Bitch, I saw the house and I've seen the car. And the thing is, you bougie. He, he doesn't know. He has no idea. And I just have to be cool. Do you know what I mean with it? Because there's, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I, I did what I said I would do, but now even more so, I have given my child. He has the opposite life. Where I was worried, like I was worried, are we having dinner tonight? Are we just gonna have? Do I have to have like I have to put sugar on my rice and have it for breakfast? Yeah. He doesn't have any of that. He is beyond that. Yeah. But he doesn't know it. So a little bit of me wants to be like, <laughs> do you, do you know what that? You can have any cereal. You, do you know what? I, we didn't have Postmates. He doesn't care because he doesn't have any context, and it's an exercise for me because. He shouldn't, ha that's, it shouldn't be about that. Yeah. But I wish I could be like, mother <laughs> I had to, like, I washed my socks with my hands. I had crackers <laughs> and milk every, at eggs and rice four nights a week. We'd catch up if you were lucky. And but I they told won't him know. that once and he was like, daddy, don't tell me that. That makes me feel bad for you. <laughs> I was like, I don't need your pity. I want yeah. you to thank me. Right? That makes me feel, 
no, mommy, daddy was poor when he would don't, don't talk like he. <laughs> so anyway, I just gotta focus on the fact that yeah. he's. So you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like his life is so cool. He's having a ball when somebody else comes from the outside and is like, "You're this," and oh, that that's the thing. He thinks he's not. I'm like, my kid has a great childhood. Say something else. Yeah. And I'll beat your f***ing ass. And I'm going to be right behind you. It's the only thing that gets me off of my equilibrium, like my, my kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he's a little older and he can fight his own battles, I'll be cool. But I don't like the fact that I don't know what I'm capable of doing if he's in harm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like being in that position. Okay. I'm going to ask you two personal questions. Okay. Because as your friend, I've always wanted to ask you this. And I've never had the nuts to ask. Really you. quickly, we're not, we're not friends, but oh. keep going. no, we're cool. No, 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 no. Oh, you know what I'm oh, saying. Oh, oh. We're like work pals. Oh, oh. Wait, what do they call? It's only the white people say on my coat. What, what is the word? Um. Okay, you know what? There was another black person back there who was being shady as. F By the way, all the white people in here knew exactly colleague. what he was talking about, but they did not say a word. Colleague. Why did you, don't you call me a colleague? I would never. Colleague. Whoever made up that. And whenever anybody says it, they're so proud. <laughs> we, I'm just talking, my colleague. Yeah. My work colleague. <laughs> Bitch, don't. Your colleague. Tell people we're friends before they start believing I'm your mother we're colleague. We're such friends. Thank I want to, listen, for real, like I would text you every day if I did. I, I, I don't want to sweat you. No, sweat me. Okay. Because I need, I need you. Come on. All right, let's get it on. And that's going to be Watch. my second question. That's going to be my second question. My first question is, you and your baby mama are cool. Very cool. Co-parenting. Yes. You guys have stayed friends this whole time. Yeah. What was going through your mind when John Travolta said Adele Nazim? And be completely motherfucking honest, because I know the text message you sent her was shady as All right, so that was very early on in our divorce. And I mean, not many people know me as well as she does. We were literally, we were kids when we met. So what I loved about her was she was with me before any, anything. Yeah. Before fame, before movies, before muscles. Um, so I, I, I was like, I don't know why you like me, but you like me, so let's, let's roll. Um, I know why she liked you. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't. Do you feel me? So um, there's a bond there. And when I met her, I saw all all of her talent and what and her potential. So I I was a fa I'm a fan. I still am a fan. Um, and I don't know anybody else in the world that sounds like her that has her. No it's, one. No one. Um, and I feel like I, was, I feel like I was like I knew that I knew it before y'all did. Right, and I told her, "Just cool out. You're gonna be big. Just chill." Um, so when that happened, on the surface, because I was hurt and um, I was like, "Oh, good." Um, on the very surface, but then deep down, I was I felt so bad, and I was pissed at John Travolta. I was pissed that the somebody was like, "This is this you is guys big. act like this is a real TV show." No, this mother name. Yeah, it's not that difficult. So yeah. I immediately took her side, you know what I mean? And I was hoping, you know, that she, I hope it didn't, you know, uh, didn't Rattle affect her. her. Yeah, yeah, so. But she went out there and killed it. Well, that's what she does, you know what I mean? But did you change that phone number, that name in the phone to Adele Nazim? 
Because you know my shady ass would have did something like that. You know my shady ass would have did well, that. I wasn't that. But we, we've, you know, now, years later, we laugh at the name. The name is funny. Because it's nothing like her name. Nothing like her name. She's not. I'm like, his wig was tight that night. Bitch, I hate that when piece. you when you watch it, you can tell he's saying it wrong. He knows he's saying it wrong, so he's acting like he's really confident. Oh yeah. Oh, he said it like he like he made him. He like he's talking about his daughter here. Like he is like. And he turns this. away from the mic because you can. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'm very proud of her. I'm My second question is. Yeah. You know I know a lot of people. I do. I know a lot of bitches. I do. I do know that. If I'm looking for that girl over there, who's the prototype? How big does that booty have to be? What's the age range? Are we looking at a J-Lo? Are we coming for a Gabrielle? Are we checking for a mix between Eva Longoria with a little hood in a little Tiffany Haddish in her? Like, what's happening? Okay. Because you have your pick of the litter. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try to like say, I'm not in this game, bitch, you know you got it. That's why I need to hang out with you. Oh, it I'll hype you it up. Doesn't, it doesn't, that, and this is the thing about childhood, and I don't know if you feel like this. I'm still that nerd from seventh grade. You know what I mean? Like, even though the world has proven to me that at the end of the day, that's the core. For sure. So I'm I, when I'm out and you know if stuff isn't like presented to me in a certain way, I'm like I don't really know. Do you know what I mean? So when I was growing up, I went out with girls that liked me, and I was like, okay, you like me, so let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I don't know how to be like you. You know what I mean? And I'm also I'm just not that dude. So you're rusty. I mean, I've never been in it. I've never been like single and like mingling and yeah. And I've never. I met Adina when I was 20-something. We got married. Yeah. When we divorced, immediately jumped into another relationship with a single mother who had two. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, oh, this, 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 make, this is safe. This makes sense. You know what I mean? 100. It was easy. So now um, All you need I'm, is an Instagram and a dick pic. Come on. Tay, it's not that hard. All you need is an Instagram and a dick pic. That's, that's going to be the name of my next book. Tay Dix, thank you so much for coming on Just a Sip. This was bomb. Thank you guys for taking the sip. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Hell, share it with your friends. And don't forget to hit me up at Justin A. Sylvester on Instagram and let me know what you loved about this podcast, what you didn't love about this podcast, and who you want to hear take the next sip. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.